Yo, what's going on? Welcome back to another Look and Listen podcast, South End Cinema podcast. What I'm watching episode, uh, a little bit late. I was hoping to knock this out before the end of August, but here we are at the beginning of September and we're doing it now. So this is, this is what I've been looking at since the last time I spoke to you. Um, some interesting stuff on here. We'll go ahead and get right into it and then wrap this thing up. First on the list for this this particular joint, it's the uh, documentary everybody's been talking about. It's on uh, on Max, HBO slash Max. It's called BS High. And um, it's as crazy as people said it was, man. Uh, for those that don't know, this documentary is about um, this fake school that played on national TV a couple years ago. So there's this school called IMG Academy and they're like a powerhouse in athletics. Um, they have one of the nation's top high school football programs. And they also have one of the top rated basketball programs as well. So they were playing against this so-called school called Bishop Sycamore. This is like maybe I think 2020, um, either 20 or 21. Either way, it was like during kind of like the, the heaviest part of COVID. So it might have been actually 2020. Anyway, so they play against this so-called school. And the game was on ESPN, nationally televised on ESPN. And when you heard about it, I remember hearing about it after it happened. And everybody was like, yo, this school doesn't seem like it's the real deal. Um, I didn't watch the game, but. Everybody kept talking about how Bishop Sycamore looked like they were overmatched. Like they had no business being out on the field against the kids from IMG. So um, then, you know, things start coming out about it. And we realized that it's not actually a real school. Um, It was it was a, a fake school that was started by this guy named Roy Johnson, Leroy Johnson. But I, he goes by Roy. And um, somehow they were able to finesse their way into being on national TV. Then you start hearing more stuff about it and people are talking about, you know, these were grown men who were playing and, you know, people were thinking that they were like, you know, in their 30s and 40s out there playing against high school kids. And the funniest part of it being that they were getting their ass kicked by those high school kids. But what we come to find out by watching this documentary is that Although there were some guys that were older than the normal, you know, 17, 18, even 19-year-old high school student, they weren't really, like, grown, grown men. Like, I'm 43. They had it act. They were acting like they were guys my age out there playing against these young boys. Um, what really happened was that there were some guys that were, like, 20, 21 um, who were playing on the Bishop Sycamore team and, you know, and in a couple cases, they were actually on, like, junior college rosters. They had already graduated high school, and they were playing, um, you know, junior college football. So that was already crazy in itself. But then you watch the documentary, and, and I had seen people on Twitter, you know, talking about how they had watched it, and, yo, this guy needs his ass whooped. He needs to be in prison, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, you know, the story itself as it was with just the little information that we had when it first happened was crazy enough. 
But now I'm seeing people talking about like this dude being like the worst. So I said, all right, man, let's let's see, you know, what's going on with this. So I watched it. Yo, man, this nigga is crazy, man. So I definitely I want to say this before we even go into it. I definitely recommend this. If you had if you remember this story. If you want to see what the buzz is about as far as the documentary, whatever it is that, you know, makes you want to press play on this, go ahead and do it because this is absolutely crazy. So long story short, what happens is this guy, Roy Johnson, um, he admits that he's a liar. He claims that he's the most honest liar that you'll ever meet. So when you talk to people like this, you got to already kind of take, whatever they say with a huge grain of salt, right? So he gets on there and he's talking about how he grew up in New York and, you know, he was so in love with football. He wanted to play football and everything like that. He played, but he wasn't, you know, good enough to play like college ball and definitely not NFL ball. But he claims that he was able to help his younger brother get into um, Ohio State and his brother actually played football for Ohio State. Um, and he says that he was able to do that. And then he was able to parlay that into getting like coaching jobs and, you know, working with, you know, college teams and even NFL teams, I think he said. And so it comes to his mind one day that he wants to start basically the IMG of Ohio. Um, IMG Academy, like I said, is a, is a big dog in the world of high school athletics. And um, so he wants to start the Ohio version of that. Um, so he gets this idea and he, he's, you know, trying to, you know, figure out how to go about it. IMG is in uh, Florida, by the way, if you if you were interested in that. IMG Academy is in Bradenton, Florida. So, yeah, so he gets this idea, yo, I want to start, like, the Ohio version of IMG Academy and become, like, a big powerhouse in football and all that. But there's no school, right? So he doesn't have a school. He doesn't have anything but this this goal and this so-called dream that he's got. So he goes on about, you know, trying to do that. And throughout the 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 story, and they have him in the documentary telling you his side of the story, you find out that, you know, he's got um he's got just scam after scam. Like he's the biggest fucking scammer in the world. And he's able to find these young kids who are looking for an opportunity to play football. You know, a lot of poor black kids who come from, you know, rough neighborhoods and, and environments and situations and all of that, who are looking for what could be a last chance at trying to, you know, improve the quality of their lives by, you know, finishing high school and getting into somebody's college and hopefully being able to to use that as a way to kind of get a foot in the door. You know, obviously right now they're really focusing on trying to play football, but if nothing else, you know what I'm saying, maybe I can go to college somewhere, get an education, and then improve my life or my family's life. So these kids and their families are pretty desperate when they come across this guy. And... He's just faking it until he makes it, you know what I'm saying? And he's able to, you know, kind of finesse his way into different situations. It's like he keeps failing forward. 
You know what I mean? But, you know, along the way, he talks about the different things that he was doing in order to make that happen. And it's a lot of crazy shit, man. So much crazy shit. I mean, they get to, they even get to a point where he's talking about trying to have the kids take out PPP loans in order to pay for things. Um, he's going to hotels and, you know, booking a bunch of rooms and then not paying for them. Or in certain situations, they were able to stay kind of like an extended stay type of situation. But, you know, obviously there's, there's a finite amount of time on that. I think in one situation, it might have been like 90 days. So, you know, they were set for that period of time. But after that, then, you know, it's time to pay up and, and, and move on about your business. So he was milking a lot of different things like that. And they just go continue to tell the story. And you see some of the kids that were involved these young men and they're talking about, you know, where they were at in their life at the time and, you know, how this guy came into the neighborhood. He, he was so proud of himself by talking to, and, and telling us about how he went to people's neighborhoods and was giving them like the Suge Knight, you know, speech, you know, Suge Knight's infamous speech from the Source Awards where he was dissing um, Puff, most likely Puff Daddy, but it could have been Jermaine Dupree as well. I guess both of them, really, because he was trying to get everybody to come to death row. So he's like, if you don't want, you know, your executive producer all in the videos, dancing, trying to be on records, blah, 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 come to death row. He says he was giving that same speech to kids when he would come across them in the hood. If you don't want your head coach on your social media, and doing this and doing that or whatever, come to Bishop Sycamore. So he's he's selling them and apparently their parents on this dream of I'm going to be able to take your son and put him into this program in this school air quotes, and it's going to be everything that you want. The same thing that people that go to IMG, the same pitch that people that actually go to places like IMG and St. Thomas Aquinas and all these big schools that play these national schedules, the same sales pitch that the coaches and recruiters and scouts from those programs would tell a family. But the difference is that they actually have a school. There's actually a location. And even though they may be primarily focused on playing whatever the sport is, in this case it's football, but it could be basketball, it could be something else. You know, in these other situations, at least there is actually a school and they're going to at least maintain whatever the minimum standard is for eligibility. Like there is a, a school component involved in these places. So even though there may be a, a kid at IMG who's a great football player right now playing on this year's current team, and his only focus is trying to get into college and in the NFL, he still understands that I got to maintain a certain GPA in order to be able to play here. And then once all that stuff is taken care of, then whenever I pick a college, yeah, I'm picking the college because I want to go play for that school and then and use that as my platform to bounce into the NFL but I know I got to be there for three years. So for those three years, I got to maintain at least a minimum GPA. Like those are things that are in this person's mind. And obviously there's some other people who may take the school and, and the, the football and maybe put them at a more equal level playing field. So they're looking at both. But again, there's the school side. This nigga did not have a fucking school. And that was one of the things that baffled me the entire time I was watching it because even when I first heard the story, it was like, well, that doesn't sound legit. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I was a parent or any adult involved in the situation, I would be wondering about like, 
Where's the physical school that my son, my nephew, my whoever is going to be playing at? So before you even get to them playing on ESPN and somehow ending up on IMG schedule, there was like a million and one questions that came before you even got there. You know, the biggest one being like, you know, where were the adults? Where were the people asking questions about, okay, you know, you were able to get him all excited by, you know, saying some cool shit and, and speaking in his language or whatever. But I'm a parent, I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm, I'm, you know, grandparent, whoever's raising this boy. And that does sound great, but I need to know what are the logistics of this? Where's the school at? When am I going to hear from the principal or any, you know, teachers or guidance counselors or anything like that? There was none of that shit. So he just goes down the line of all these different things that he's doing. I mentioned the PPP loan shit. Um, you know, they're talking about, you know, um, there was a situation where he beat up a homeless guy and had the kids involved in that. Like every, every time, like in the very beginning of the story, you kind of like, you know that this was about a fake school and you know that it ended up all being BS as they, as the title would suggest, it was all bullshit, but you don't actually realize or understand how crazy and evil this man Roy Johnson actually is when you first start watching this joint because the stuff that he's talking about doing in the beginning doesn't really sound so so bad you know what I'm saying but then as he continues to open his mouth and he's one of those people that is definitely a narcissist and he's probably a sociopath as well you know what I'm saying like he had no remorse for anything that he did he talked about um you know one of the scams that he ran because he they mentioned that he's got like diff, like 30 different lawsuits you know what i mean there was there was the bishop sycamore thing was the biggest scam that he had run to date but he had a bunch of other smaller shits going on like i mentioned earlier about you know um not paying for things there was a hotel that they, that they were staying at at one point and he's sitting up there like man i can't believe these people are sweating me over three hundred dollars and then they cut to a person from that establishment and the guy's like, no, it's $800. So he owes this nigga $800, owes these other people $1,000, owes these other people this or that. You know what I'm saying? They get to a point where he's talking about a scam that he was running where he would call a grocery store and order like 25 rotisserie chickens. So they go through and they process the order. They cook the chickens the whole nine. Then he would be like, I'm, I, did, I wouldn't go pick him up. So then I would go to the store towards the end of the day, like as they were getting ready to close, walk up in there, I see all the chickens. Oh, let me get some of those chickens. Then he buys the chickens at a, at a markdown price. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, a couple dollars or something like that. Because they're thinking that they were going to, you know, sell these chickens to this person who called in earlier at whatever the price would have been. But because the person never showed up, they ended up having to mark all them joints down. So he would go in, you know, towards the end of business hours and buy the chickens for the super duper discount. And then he would go feed the players with the chickens. And there were different times where they had the players talking about the fact that they were going into places like Walmart and they were stealing food because they were so hungry and they needed something to eat. 
So he's got these kids out there sleeping in motels and, and you know, extended stay establishments. He's got them out there stealing in order to, you know, to feed themselves um, with him not paying for where they were staying at. They're getting evicted. And that goes on the kids' records as well. So now they've got eviction. That goes on. That goes against your credit score. And I believe they say that that a mark like that will stay on your credit score for seven years. So he's just fucking up these kids' lives in a bunch of different ways. Not only are they ineligible to play football anywhere else, like there was a one kid who was, um, you know, the quarterback, and this was like really one of his last opportunities. And things went, you know, south with Bishop Sycamore. It ended up being a scam. It ended up being bullshit, as we all know now. But he thought he was going to get an opportunity. He actually got a scholarship offer from Grambling, Grambling State University, which is a HBCU, a black college in um, Louisiana. And he actually got an offer, and he accepted that offer. So he was thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to go play for Grambling State and my story will have a happy ending. And sure enough, once they found out that he was involved with this whole Bishop Sycamore thing, they ended up taking away the scholarship because he's not eligible to play for them. So you had his his story was heartbreaking. You had, you know, a couple other kids talking about, I don't even play football anymore. And you know what I'm saying? Like it was just real fucking despicable. And as the kids were telling their stories and talking about, like, you know, how much they hate him and what he did, there's a part where they actually show him footage of some of the kids saying what they had to say. And he gets all upset, storms off, you know, storms. Uh, they were inside of a not really a studio, but whatever controlled environment that they had. He storms away and everything. And Man, fuck these kids. Da, 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 all the shit I've done for them. Da, 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 da. Like I said, true narcissistic behavior because he doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself. And it was just disgusting, man. Like, it was really crazy, the type of shit that he was doing. And the worst part about it was that it was a black man doing this to black kids. Um, So it was so many levels to this shit, man. There's a lot more that I could say, but I don't want to give everything away. Um you know, all the stuff that they talked about that this guy had done. But I would definitely highly, highly recommend BS High. Like I said, it's on HBO and it's on Max. So tune in for that. And, um, you know, holler at me on social media if you want to about it. It's definitely crazy. This man definitely needs his ass whooped. Um, he needs prison time. He needs all the bad things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm surprised that, you know, he hasn't really had any of that happen to him up until this point, but man, it's, it's, it's crazy the things that people are willing to do in order to achieve whatever they want to achieve the way that some people will fucking, you know, just shit on other people and hurt, do intentional harm to other people. It's crazy, man. So yeah, BS high, man. Check that out. Uh, next up, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. I went and saw that saw that at the movie theater a couple weeks ago that was really good i enjoyed it um you know i grew up watching the ninja turtles um my favorite one back in the day was leonardo uh 
for obvious reasons. His name was Leonardo, which is, you know, very close to my name. And he wore blue, which is my favorite color. So Leonardo rocking the blue was my man. But, you know, as you know, back in the day, like the, the turtles were like on some surfer dude type shit. So it wasn't anything that I could relate to um, being a young black kid growing up. Um, their stilo was not something that I could really relate to. But the fact that they were ninjas and the whole rest of the story was cool. Master Splinter and Shredder and all that shit. So, you know, like a lot of kids that grew up in the, the 80s and the 90s, you know, I was all into that. Um, so I went and saw this and, and I really enjoyed it. I was able to get more into it this time because there was a lot of hip hop involved, just like um, with the Transformers movie. You know, there was a lot of like, I guess what we have to call now old school rap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The stuff that we were listening to like in the 90s or whatever is now considered like old school. So, you know, they were playing stuff like Tribe and De La Soul and Wu-Tang and, and stuff like that in the movie. And what I really liked about it was that they actually felt like teenagers, um, especially teenagers of today where they're really into their cell phones and social media and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that they did with this movie is that they made them, they, first of all, they felt like young black or brown kids, like they were very much into the culture or whatever. But also the fact that they did feel like teenagers and they felt like you could feel how isolated they felt. You know what I'm saying? Like they're living in the sewer. They're only really around each other and master splinter. Like they don't get a chance to go to high school and hang out with other kids and all that. Cause they're not regular kids. They're mutant ninja turtles or whatever. And master splinter's whole thing being like, yo, I tried to take y'all out one time before when I first found you and the humans were so, scared of us because we were different that they started to attack us and so that's why I tell y'all every day not to go out and be around humans because they wouldn't understand and they'll try to do harm to you and his thing was that they were gonna they're gonna milk you it was funny it was like a running joke that they had throughout the movie you know what I'm saying you keep fucking around them humans are gonna milk you and they be like yo we don't even have nipples what are you talking about we, <laughs> how are we gonna be built you know what I'm saying but um, I really enjoyed it. I thought like the hip hop really drew me in even more because you know that's that's you know life. You know what I mean? You know, hip hop anniversary. Matter of fact, we just had our fiftieth anniversary. Um, what a couple weekends ago. Um, so hip hop music and culture is officially fifty years old. That's another thing that I watched the hip hop fifty celebration, um, which was put on by Nas and Mass Appeal. I watched that on YouTube. Um, you can find that on YouTube. It was like an all-day event that they did at Yankee Stadium, and they had, you know, everybody from the beginning of this thing to the people that are out right now, you know. So tons of different, you know, hip-hop acts came out, you know, and, and rocked the stage for the people at um, Yankee Stadium. So, um, so check that out if you haven't already seen it. Um, but back to the turtles, but yeah, I like, I really like the fact that they, they brought the hip hop element in and you got a chance to kind of really see them for their, um, like I said, how young they were and, and, and what they really wanted, what was important to them 
at that point in their life. Um, and speaking of hip hop, they had Ice Cube playing, doing the voiceover for the villain. I believe his name was Superfly. And even though Cube, you know, in more recent times has put his foot in his mouth and, and, and really been on kind of some bullshit with, you know, some of the really like conservative things that he said and done and hanging out with Tucker Carlson and people like that. Um, he's still hip hop royalty and he's still good at what he does in the entertainment space. So I really enjoyed him playing that character. He did a great job in that. So I would definitely recommend Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem to anybody that has uh, interest in that. Next up, number three, going back to the hip hop thing, documentary, uh, I believe I watched it on, um, well, I watched it on Hulu, but I believe it's through Showtime. So Showtime slash Hulu for me, but Showtime has a documentary called All Up in the Biz, and it's about Biz Marquee. And um, Biz Marquee is a, a legendary, you know, DJ and MC. I think he might have been a producer as well. Actor, you know what I'm saying? Because he's been in movies. He's, he was on Yo Gabba Gabba for a long time and everything. So Biz is, you know, one of the icons and legends of, of this hip-hop thing that we, uh, that we live and love. And um, he passed away a couple of years ago, but um, this was a story about him. You know what I mean? And you had people that knew him talking about him and, you know, from his wife to other hip hop legends and, and, and folks that just knew Biz. And it was really dope to see everybody talk about him because he seemed like one of those people that was loved by everybody. Like everybody that knew Biz loved him. Everybody that ever saw him perform or, watched his videos or whatever like that. Like he was just one of those dudes that everybody was cool with. You know what I'm saying? You never heard biz getting into any beefs with anybody or anything crazy like that. You know what I'm saying? He always seemed like he had a real great spirit and was a real cool ass dude. And um, so it was just dope to see so many people celebrate and show love to him and to maybe find out some things about him that you may not have known before so i would definitely recommend that it's on showtime it's called all up in the biz and um take you some time learn about a hip-hop legend and enjoy yourself with that one next up we got one more after this next up another one from showtime but i watched it through hulu it's a documentary about um wilt chamberlain it's called goliath and um i watched that and it was pretty good, pretty interesting. I think it's maybe two or three parts. Actually, it may be four. Either way, um, really interesting. Wilt was an interesting guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's one of the greatest basketball players to ever play. Uh, I just missed him, you know. So I, I can't really say that I know Wilt from watching him. But, you know, all of the stories that I've heard about what he did as a player all you know tremendous um shout out to the 1957 north carolina tar heels though because they beat wilt and uh in kansas for the national championship you know what i mean so that was one of our championships um so sorry wilt but you know we had to go ahead and get that one that year even though i wasn't around until 1980 but I still feel like I was a part of that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
But um, yeah, Wilt was a real interesting dude. Um, really interesting documentary. They had you know a lot of family and friends and stuff because he's been gone for a while. So you know he wasn't there to speak for himself. But actually, what was interesting is actually in in, ter- in talking about him speaking for himself before the documentary begins, and I think before each part begins, you actually see a little thing pop up that says that with his family's permission, they used an AI, um, they used AI to recreate Will's voice and have him speak throughout the documentary. So you actually hear Will Chamberlain's voice, um, but unless it was an actual interview clip or a TV appearance or something like that, where you actually legitimately see him on camera speaking, any of the voiceover stuff, that was done by him was either something that was actually already recorded or it was something that was created by the AI using his own words or his own writing. Cause I think he put, he had put out a book um, a while ago, a long time ago. And so some of the stuff that the AI said was actually excerpt, excerpts from his book. So it's in his own words. Um, but they just used that AI to recreate his voice to actually have him speak the words that we hear in the narration parts, you know, when he's speaking in the documentary. So that was actually pretty interesting. I think that was actually an interesting use and probably a a practical use of AI um, in terms of recreating, you know, somebody's voice. You know, I've heard, you know, people talk about like the idea of maybe having like an artist who's passed away, um, using AI to like take Biggie Smalls for example, like, using AI to create like a, a new Biggie album. You know what I'm saying? And like basically feeding all of his his rhymes into the AI shit and it being able to pick up on, you know, how he rapped and everything like that. And then to write new stuff and spit it in his voice as if he actually did it. I'm not really with that type of shit because that's not real. That's not that's not Biggie actually saying that he's not talking about shit that happened in 2023 and blah, blah, blah. Cause he's not here. He died in 1997. So anything, you know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't really want to do something like that, but if it was a way to take his own words, like they did with Will in this documentary, his own words and, and, you know, have it be that he's so-called narrating through AI or something. Something like that seems to me more, it seems like a better way to do it. Like, cause the other thing kind of feels dirty and it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel right. That would feel like a, a better way of using AI to um, have it speak for somebody who's no longer able to speak for themselves. So Goliath was pretty interesting. I would definitely tell you to check that out. Um, I've been watching Only Murders in the Building that's pretty interesting. They're in their third season, they're back on Hulu. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, still trying to figure out what happened, who did it. But it's it's been an interesting season. You know, I really like the chemistry that uh, Selena Gomez, Martin Short, and Steve Martin all have together. They have Meryl Streep on this new season. Paul Rudd is in this season. Um, Jesse Williams is on here this season. Um and I think there may be another um, celebrity um, cameo appearance coming up 
sometime soon as well, within these last few episodes before the season ends. So Only Murders has been good. I'm an episode behind, I think, on Winning Time, which is the show on HBO about the uh, Showtime Lakers, but I'm going to catch up on that. Um, Actually, a new episode is supposed to come on tonight. So what I may do since tomorrow is actually Labor Day, what I may do sometime during the day is watch last week's episode and then watch this week's, and then I'll be caught up on Winning Time. But that's been really good. The last episode that I saw was the one um, where they kind of focus in a little bit more on Larry Bird. And um, I didn't know that Larry Bird's father um, committed suicide. And so they covered that. The way that they did it was was pretty cool. They didn't actually show it. They just kind of showed you his perspective once he discovered his father's body. Because um, he shot himself. So it was a pretty grotesque scene. No scene. But the way that they handled it and the way that they um, presented it on on screen was very tastefully done. I listened to, um, they have an official podcast about winning time. And I listened to the episode that was covering that one. And they were talking about, you know, how they made a conscious decision in order to show that um, and to show the impact that that had on Bird um, as a person and, and as a player as well. So that was pretty interesting, man. But that's pretty much it, man. That's that's all I had to say for this one. Pretty short and sweet. I got the the mic. I think the last time that I did it, I had just got this little mixer, and I was using the mic that came with it, and it didn't really sound that good. Hopefully, this sounds a lot better. I have the um, the other condenser mic, the one that I had bought some years ago. I figured out a way to hook that up to this new little mixer, So, and I got the pop guard on it as well. So hopefully this will sound a lot better and we can go from, from this point. Um, I'm going to get that one-on-one book. Um, I basically finished with all the questions. I wanted to have two, two guests on, but one of them hasn't, been, hasn't responded. So I think I'm going to just go ahead and move forward. And um, I may have to kind of recalibrate things in my mind as far as the conversation because what I wanted to do was have a balance between a person that was, you know, continue to to be on the path of sobriety and the perspective of a counselor who helps people like that and kind of get give you all both sides of what that sounds you know what that what that is but um might just have to go with you know just one of them so um we'll get that booked and we'll get that one-on-one out to you sometime soon you know maybe in the next couple weeks or something like that i don't want to give a specific date because i don't know but real soon we'll get that recorded like i said i might just we'll just do a one a one-on-one instead of it being me talking to two people i'll just talk to the one and we'll go ahead and, and bring that um out to light and then we can move on from there so that's it man i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up and uh get this out there to y'all and uh i'll be back should be later this month uh, with another one of these. And then, like I said, that one-on-one will be coming out. And, um, you know, we'll just keep on going from there. So until then, I'm going to holler at y'all. And um, i see you out on uh, Beyonce and Al Gore's internet, out on social media. Holler.